Welcome back for another episode. If you have not listened to the first episode in this series, I really encourage you to do so since I introduced the topic of environmental racism there. In this episode, I really think that we need to go back and look at the history of environmental racism. So today we will be talking about Warren County, North Carolina. You might not have heard about the protests there since they occurred in 1982, but these protests are seen by many in the academic field as the beginning of the modern environmental justice movement. Protests before this over land use were considered isolated incidents. However, these protests were the first that were seen as large part of a larger movement that connected in incidents of environmental racism. So to give you a little background, in 1982, Warren County was a largely black community that was also rural and largely poor. It had been deemed the site for a hazardous waste landfill, which would include PCB-contaminated soil that had been illegally dumped. Specifically, it would be 6,000 truckloads of soil laced with toxic PCB. The first truckload arrived in September of 1982. Residents lied down in the road to stop the trucks from arriving at the landfill. This gained a lot of media attention. Then the NAACP stepped in to help um, stage massive protests. Protests and nonviolent marches were organized for six weeks straight. Over 500 protesters were arrested, including Dr. Benjamin Chavez, a representative from the United Church of Christ, which we will talk about that a lot in the next episode, and a member of the House of Representatives delegate, Walter Fondroy. These were the first arrests in U.S. history made over the siting of a landfill. Several veterans of the civil rights movement showed up in Warren County to show their support. This was a massive help in gaining national attention because these leaders were really saying that the civil rights movement is not entirely over, Racism, has not, racism was not solved in the 1960s, and we still need to work on this. Unfortunately, these protests were ultimately unsuccessful. The landfill was put in the community. However, it was successful in the fact that it inspired a lot of other poor and minority communities to protest their unfair burden of environmental issues. It began a national movement that is still ongoing 40 years later. It inspired people to come together and to fight together. Small community protests are a good start, but national protests draw a lot more attention and therefore results. Delegate Fondroy asked the EPA to review hazardous waste siting decisions within Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. This report was published in 1983. It revealed that three-fourths of hazardous waste landfills in these states are located in primarily poor Black and Latino communities. The Natural Resource Defense Council writes, quote, in the wake of the Afton protests, environmental justice activists looked around the nation and saw a pattern. Pollution-producing facilities are often cited in poor communities of color. No one wants a factory, a landfill, or a diesel bus garage for a neighbor. But corporate, corporate decision makers, regulatory agencies, and local planning and zoning boards have learned that it is easier to cite such facilities in low-income African-American African American or Latino communities than in primarily white, middle- to upper-class income communities. Poor communities and communities of color 
usually lack connections to decision makers on zoning boards or city councils that could protect these interests. Often, they could not afford to hire the technical and legal expertise they'd need in fighting a a siding. They often lacked access to information about how their new neighbors' pollution would affect people's health. And in the case of Latino communities, important information in English-only documents was out of reach for affected residents who spoke only Spanish. End quote. By the way, in that quote, whenever he says the protest in Afton, Afton was a town in Warren County, um, so he's still talking about the same protests, just to clarify. Um, Anyway, so you can decide for yourself if these protests were unsuccessful. A lot did result from these protests. I mean, a national movement, a lot of inspired communities, and the fact that the EPA had to admit that these landfills are being cited unfairly. These poor Black and Latino communities are being unfairly burdened with these environmental issues. The protests also spurred the 1987 report, Toxic Waste and Race, by the Community Church of Christ Commission for Racial Justice, which is what we will talk about next time. In the meantime, I hope everyone has a great day and stays educated. The information in today's podcast episode was found in an article titled Environmental Justice History, written by the Office of Legacy Management, which is an office within the U.S. Department of Energy. I also found information from an article titled The Environmental Justice Movement, written by the Resource, sorry, National Natural Resource Defense Council. Citations can be found in the description box for this episode.